Hope everyone got their money's worth out of that one. That was uh, another uh, rivalry game for the uh, for the books. I mean, what, what, what would you expect different? Episode of Dropping Dimes. It's me, Brittany Johnson, alongside Sasha Bloom. Sasha, what's been up? Oh, not a whole bunch. I know that eight <laughs> has come and gone, though. Eight has come and gone, man. You were at the Utah BYU rivalry game at Rice Eccles Stadium. Can I tell a confession? What's your confession? I moved down a job so I could be a parab technician so that I could have front row seats and just watch the game. And I wanted to make sure I could get all the cracking sounds of BYU helmets. You're welcome, so, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> does your job know about this? Yeah, I had to work. Well, do they know the reason why you Oh, I was to? pretty proud about it because there's a whole bunch of BYU folks on TV in Utah. So... What was the atmosphere like since you, you know, had the best seats in the building? <laughs> and a great set of headphones. Yeah. It was loud, but I couldn't tell if it was loud in the stadium or just in my head because I it got would get too loud in my headphones, so I would take them off and put them on top of my head and it wasn't as loud, but the place was rocking. I think maybe your ears were just kind of messed up because it's like you got the headphones on and it's loud. And then I know they said the stadium was like the loudest that they've heard it. And, you know, it's always loud. Rice Eccles Stadium is always loud. But I heard like last night was just like on a whole nother level. So maybe your ears were just messed up. Oh, I was thinking about that, too, because I always wear earplugs when I'm in a stadium, like even if it's an outdoor stadium. Yeah, because I have to protect my hearing for when I'm old and I got these things turned up so I can hear the hand clapping and the, you know, all that yeah. stupid stuff. It probably just all starts to blend together after a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. That's nuts. Like what was, how was the Utah crowd when, well, let's back up. So for those of you who don't know, Utah beat BYU Saturday night, 35-27. It's the eighth straight time in a row that Utah has beat BYU um, but you know, the first half they sucked in the first half, Utah sucked in the first half. They did not look good at all, but how was, how was the energy from the crowd, the Utah fans during the first half? Was it still really loud? It was stunningly loud. And then they did the kickoff and it was going to go to Britton Covey and it kind of rolled against the ground and then. A Utah player hit it, and it was an immediate turnover, and then it was 7-0, and the place got quiet, and then Utah came out with the ball and either did a three and out or something, and then it started to die down a little bit. And then BYU got a 14-point lead, and then it got to, like, 20 points, and it was 20-0, and the place was still pumped. They were still singing songs. No one had left. No one was booing. They were still getting behind this team because – it almost seemed like the Utah team wasn't ready to play or they didn't expect BYU to be able to play. Like, I'm just going to come out. I think it was more or less, all right, we've already beat them seven times. This is just another win. We don't, whatever, let's just go out there and play this game, get it over with so we can go to the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, and I think it showed that on the field. And BYU brought everything. 
I mean, there was a guy playing on a broken ankle or a, he's got to go yeah. have surgery. Yeah. You know? And it's like. That was his last game. He's not playing anymore. Well, obviously. Yeah, in college. This, yeah, in yeah. college. And, but, I mean, BYU, to me, they were the better team last night. At least for the first, what, half, the first and the first part of the third quarter. They were the better team. Until Zach Wilson threw that, touch, that interception. And even I coach still, talked about that. Yeah, and I still think that wasn't even a turning point. Like Coach Whittingham said, like, you know, they thought that pick six was going to be, you know, the turning point in the game. But then BYU turns around and scores, and you're up 27-7. So what the heck was it that got that team to actually click last or Saturday night? Because it definitely – they say it was that pick six. Was that Jason Shelley? No, he's quarterback. No, hold on. Who yeah. had that pick six? Julian Blackman uh, had the pick six in the third and scored. But yeah, why would it be Jason Shelley? Anyway, um, and they thought that that would be you know the turnaround. You saw in the the player interviews, Chase Hansen said you know they start clicking after that pick six from Julian Blackman. But if you ask Coach Whittingham, he said no, we didn't start clicking after that. BYU went up right after that, twenty-seven to twenty-seven to seven. I saw an interesting play in the first quarter, and it was—it might have been the start of the second quarter. And Shelley was in the pocket, and he kind of got scrambled, and he was running towards the west side of the field, which was right by me. And he threw a pass to the side and missed his receiver. And he's running towards me. He's not going to hit me. He's not running out of control or that fast. But he's running right at me and kind of pulled out about two feet from me and the photographers. And he screams. And he goes, I could have made that play. And he kind of threw his hands down. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, he wants this. Yeah. Like, this is important to him. And I think it was just I think it was just a struggle to get acclimated to BYU. I think it I think it's always a high pressure game. I think a lot of these kids all grew up playing together in high school and you know there's a lot of Polynesian family members and cousins and stuff that are on the team and this is a deeply a deep game in this city. Yeah, and for what I thought going into the game, everybody thought that it was going to be a Utah sweep. Blow I didn't up, I up. didn't think that because you have Jason Shelley, new quarterback. You know, you got some other players that are not there that are injured um, that you've had all season that are your quote-unquote star players. Yeah. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to be a walk in the park for Utah. But damn, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Yeah. Like, their defense wasn't even there. Like, Utah's defense didn't even show up. I think Zach Wilson's a good quarterback. I was watching him scramble, and he was not getting sacked, and he was moving around, and he was confident, and he, I was watching him on the sideline because, you know, I was – and he would – They had, couldn't stop him. He had control of the team, and, and uh, the BYU coaching staff was um, – you know, in their guys' faces, but they weren't cussing and screaming. Like, it was a very calm, cool, relaxed atmosphere where they kind of seemed like they expected to win, and this is the way it was going to go. They had the confidence. And they might have, you know, the, Sataki might know the playbook, and yeah. he might have been able to have a good counter for it. Obviously, he did. Yeah. 
my thing. But then what things I was, changed. I was trying to figure out last night because the Utes uh, scored four touchdowns in 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. Has that ever been done in college football or when's the last time that's been done? And oh, I was sure I was texting Alabama's or the I was Michigan's yeah I was texting well I was texting uh Myron Metcalf uh-huh. we've had him on the show yeah. before um, ESPN, ESPN. and I asked him last night I said what did I say I said when is the last time I said when is the last time a college football team has scored four touchdowns in thirteen minutes he said no idea but this is a crazy game. <laughs> so I mean I want to know when is the last time someone has scored four touchdowns in 13 minutes text it to Brittany Johnson I am Brittany Johnson I'm sorry let me research <laughs> yeah tweet your answer to Brittany Johnson <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I was like so I'm gonna text myself <laughs> texting is Twitter at this point I need to uh, talk to my son I just was- tweet him what you doing <laughs> I was like, what? Wait, what? No. So I don't know. So you have, it started in the third quarter, uh, 42nd mark. Wait, hold on. I wrote all these down. So the four straight touchdowns in 13 minutes came from Samson Nakua. He scored on a 10 yard pass from Jason Shelley. That was in the third at the 42nd mark. And then in the fourth with 1053 on the clock, Armand Shine had a two yard run. Then he had a five-yard he run. He bullied that yeah, run in, too. With 3.02 on the clock in the fourth. And then the play everyone is talking about, obviously, uh, Jason Shelley. That's, that wasn't Jason Shelley. Um, the Blackman had a 33-yard run where he hurdled the defender. That I mean, but the thing is, you still had, and Whittingham touched on this, Um, And I was texting other people about this last night, too, before the press conference. I was just like, but there's so much time on the clock still. Like, there was still... On the last touchdown? On the last touchdown. Yeah, so that was Shelly. Yeah, that was Shelly. There was 143 left. Whittingham said that he got confused, like a Pac-12 cameraman would have been. Like, yeah. Didn't follow the ball. He followed, he thought uh, whoever the running back was... Going to the yeah, and had it. Whittingham said he yeah. got confused too. So it was Jason Shelley, but 33 yard where he heard of the defender. And then there's 143 left on the clock. See, Whittingham said in his presser, ideally the best thing that he should have done was down it at the one yard line. Yeah. But then he said, then again, BYU also had three timeouts still. So it's kind of like he let it go because they won. Yeah. He let it go because they won, but I didn't. That was immediately what I said last night. I've got text to prove it. I was just like, oh, we thought that, you know, I we thought still about have one forty three on the clock. The BYU wide receivers sucked. Like yeah, that's one thing you have to look at is how many tip passes, how many broken plays, a seventy six yard interception for a touchdown. There were a lot of issues trying to get that ball past eight or ten feet. Yeah. Like they were dink- doing that old West Coast swing offense and dinking and dunking just fine, but you know. As they tried to throw downfield, they couldn't do that. On but the I don't, I don't, I'm not thinking about it against BYU. I'm thinking yeah. about it against Washington. Well, I was thinking, of, yeah, the Gaskin, you're going to give 150 yards to a third string running back that BYU has. And then you got Gaskins, who's a legitimate first round draft pick and put 250 on you the week, couple weeks before. He's going to tear him up. So, unless they make it their mission 
to not allow that. And they, they got a Rose Bowl. Yeah. They got nine million reasons to stop that run. And they can do it. So, I don't know. I just think that you have to take your thinking to a, a new level. Like, and I, I think we should have seen that against BYU. If you have 143 left on the clock, like Whittingham said, take the knee at the one yard. Practice. Set yourself up and practice a, a situation, a scenario for games like Washington or freshman. if you make it to – I know, no, I – He's yeah. he's completely fine. But now I'm just saying, now that you have it, you, you've got the game, you know the game, now take your thinking to the next step, to the next level. And that's what I would have liked to have seen. That's the goal, right? That's yeah, that, the goal that's of the goal. So now, so now if you're in that situation again, yeah. you know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just – And those, those plays don't happen a lot. No. Where, you know, it's like, man, I got to score. Yeah. I got to – it, it's a, up by one point, a minute 40 to go, and you got daylight. Yeah. You know how smart and seasoned you have to be? Yeah. So you take that and you learn from it. And if it happens again, because if you beat Washington, then you you can play either Ohio State or the winner of Ohio State and what is it, Northwestern? God, I'd love to see Ohio so, State. So, I mean, if you got Ohio State and you <laughs> what up, leaving Irvin? them. What you, up, Mr. Man? You leave them a minute 43 <laughs> left on the clock. Boy, I tell you, <laughs> it could be a whole different situation. Uh, that would be great, though. What if Utah played Ohio State? If there's a football god, it's going to happen. And Mr. <laughs> Mayor's going to lose that one oh, and have a heart attack god. and die on the field. You know what? My I just had a big <laughs> smile on my face. I'm and then it just right went now. to. Hmm. I bet. <laughs> I was like, that's messed up. I apologize. <laughs> that's messed up. That would be, you know, you should be a movie writer. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know what's going to happen at the end of this movie. Urban Meyer, he's going to die right on the field. <laughs> then you, you call in Condoleezza Rice to coach the rest. Oh, God. Well, that'd be a better place than to start with the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I mean. She goes, I... I'd at least like to do a play or two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, why not start with the Cleveland Browns? She is Stanford educated. I mean, the Browns suck. There's no better place than to start with the Cleveland Browns. Because if you get one win, you're going to be good for at least, what? what's the ratio? 20 more because homeboy only won. He was fired after uh only winning three out of 40 games. So if you win one game, you know you're good for at least 20 more. I have a lot of thoughts going on in my head right now. So I want to break all this down, and then I want to ask you some questions. Okay. Okay? So for anyone who doesn't know, Hugh Jackson, he was fired back in October after only winning three games, three out of 40 games. Former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. She's coming to save the day. She strikes fear in the Middle East. (laughs) (laughs) So Browns general manager John Dorsey said he was open to hiring a woman as Cleveland's next head coach. Condoleezza Rice is on that list. So you're laughing. I guess it's all about leadership, right? Okay. So if this happens, she would become the first woman to interview 
for an NFL head coaching job. And if it gets that far, obviously she'd be the first woman head coach in the NFL. So here's what she posted on Facebook. I love my Browns and I know they will hire an experienced coach to take us to the next level. On a more serious note, I do hope that the NFL will start to bring women into the coaching profession as position coaches and eventually coordinators and head coaches. One doesn't have to play the game. Don't say anything. I'm going to ask you some questions later. One doesn't have to play the game to understand it and motivate players, but experience counts and it is time to develop a pool of experienced women coaches. By the way, I'm not ready to coach, but I would like to call a player to a player to next season if the Browns need ideas. <laughs> and at no time will I call for a prevent defense. Now, after serving as Secretary of State under George W. Bush in Iraq, she became one of the inaugural inaugural members of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. And she's recently chaired. She was up for the NFL chairman. A commission on college basketball that recommended major changes to the sport this year, including an end to the one and done rule. So we're going to start with questions. Okay. In her Facebook post, she said, one doesn't have to play the game to understand it and motivate players. Do you agree with that? Well, the Van Gundys have done a good job proving that you can coach. There's a lot of coaches Mm-hmm. that have never played at a high level of sport that seem to do well. Yeah. Bill Wash, Vince Lombardi. Mm-hmm. There's, There's a, a ton of, of coaches. Yeah. Do you like the idea of a woman becoming a coach in a male sport? I don't know. That's a locker room issue. You always say something is a locker room issue. That's the first time I've ever said that in my entire life. Brittany no, it's Johnson. not. No, it's not. <laughs> and you have to give an answer here. I don't. If I were playing tennis and I had a female coach and she came into the locker room when we were showering, would I have a problem with it? No. I didn't ask you that. I asked you, <laughs> do you like the idea of a woman becoming yes. a coach yes, in a I male do. sport? Yes, I do. But you have hesitations. No, I don't. I don't. Um. I'm think I think it could be kind of cool, actually. Why? Because women are beautiful. Can we get a, a answer? And they're smart, and they have wisdom, and they have leadership ability. So yeah, I would totally play for a coach. So if men don't listen to the women inside the home, what makes you think a man is going to listen to the woman as a head coach? There's millions of reasons to listen to your head coach. I just think it'd be kind of hot. So, like, okay, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> that's totally the problem here. Right? Like, so, do you think she would be taken seriously? For a while. I think if, I think once she lost the credibility, it'd go down south incredibly quick. And the first time she confronted a player about his playability and he's got 15 years of the league, you could have some major problems there. Because no matter how smart she is and how great of a coach in job she does, she's never been in a scrum for 15 years of her life. But neither have the other men that coach that haven't been in yeah, the NFL. Yeah, and they get mother effed all the time. So? 
There's been uh, the difference is that Condoleezza Rice is 115 pounds, 125 pounds, and the guy that she's confronting is six five, two hundred ninety pounds. That is one of the greatest athletes in the world, and so does it become a physical safety issue? Isn't the NFL so great about domestic violence? And there's there's another issue. Is a lot women? of men don't respect women. So, like you're asking me, and I respect women, generally speaking. But there's a lot of men that don't that have mommy issues and have all types of issues with women. So, obviously, a lot of times it's a PR stunt, right? Like where people say you have male athletes that say, "Yeah, women should have equal rights." Blah, 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 blah. When my daughters grow up, I want them to be anything they want, you know, to be and all that. And they say that when the cameras are rolling. But do you honestly think all of those male athletes that say that would be okay answering to a woman? No. I'm thinking about it now just from teachers. Um, how many of my female professors were what I'd consider the best professors? I had some good Hebrew teachers that were rabbis' wives. I had some great middle school teachers. I don't know if I had a great... I don't know. Uh, you don't see a lot of women in really high leadership positions. So it's a new thing. It's a new paradigm. And it's going to happen at some point. I did an NBA game two weeks ago, and there were two female referees. I thought that was so awesome. Mm -hmm. And one of them was European. And I, I was like, and none of the players had an issue? There was, I mean, they'd still get up on the referees and they'd have their funny civil conversations while yelling at each other because it's so loud. Um, I know the Spurs have a female coach. Mm -hmm. um, I think Toronto might have one too. Most of the trainers and young, like on the caravan of an NBA team, no women. there's a lot of women on that staff. And it's, I don't see men, and there's some beautiful women. And I don't see the players Googling. You don't even see them doing it with the cheerleaders. In the You don't see in it in the, the – I mean, it might happen in a different part of the arena, but you don't see it – Dwight Howard's uh, one of the mother of his children. We're going to get to Dwight Howard in a second, but that's the first name that popped up. One of the mothers of his children. You like me because I'm good with transitions, right, man? <laughs> yes, ma'am. But, you know, before we get to that, Condoleezza Rice – She's a lifelong fan of the Cleveland Browns, right? She, you know, she said her and her father used to watch games all the time in Birmingham, Alabama. She's been to games. She's been on the field with some As of the, the owners. Head coach? What? She wants to be the head coach? No. She she said, like she said in her Facebook post. Why not general manager? Well, that's going to lead me to my next point. Like she said in her, her letter call a player to. But in this, I think what she means by that, too, is this interview, this could set her up for something else. Like she could be an official consultant. She can be some sort of official capacity. I think she could be an NFL commissioner. I think the biggest mistake the NFL made was not going with her as NFL commissioner instead of this moron, you know, marble mouth that's in there now. She'd be great. You know, and she, I think that her... She's not going to BS anybody. She's mm -hmm. going to talk about the concussions issues. She's going to talk about the sexual abuse issues. She's going to talk about the steroids and God knows what else is going on in that miserable league. But I think she'd be great for it. I think she'd be great for baseball. I think she'd be great for major league soccer. I She's a great strategist. She's got a tremendous work ethic. She's got a 
any person in America is going to know who is going to see Condoleezza Rice and say, hello, ma'am, because she's going to demand that from you. But she's does that look at mean, you like that. does this mean that the Bush family will get free reign to do, to go to any game in the NFL? Of course. I think they have that. <laughs> they got a fabulous painter. <laughs> so, and also, Jed, or Jeb, whatever his when name I, is. When I first heard this, I thought, well, I'm a Laker fan. I never played in the WNBA. And a LeBron fan, yeah. No, I'm not a LeBron fan. I can fan. see you coach up LeBron. I mean, no, but see, this will be the perfect time for me to be the Lakers head coach because you ain't even got a coach. You got LeBron. Oh, Luke Walton's not a coach. Luke Walton, he's stupid. He's still trying to coach. Let LeBron just run Let the team. Let Lonzo Ball run the team. That's Lonzo's team. <laughs> Lonzo can't even control some. Never mind. Lonzo um, should be a jazz man. You know, he'd actually be probably good at. I saw a fantastic tweet. And the only reason why it's fantastic is because I've been thinking about it for four days. He was a Kansas City radio guy. And he tweets, Donovan Mitchell is a sixth man. Thoughts? I don't think Donovan Mitchell is a sixth man. I think Alec Burke should start over him. Mm-hmm. I said this on one of our podcasts last year. I said Donovan Mitchell is going to run through a funk, period. Like, everything's clicking for him now. Everything is going great. Haven't seen anything wrong. Haven't seen any issues. But there's going to come a time where something's not clicking. Where they've had all off season to uh, scout him and prepare for him, and it's he's shooting under forty percent. Yeah, three but point the line. time is now. Everybody, I think, goes through some sort of sophomore slump. Or Jason Tatum doesn't. You know, your Aaron rookie, Fox doesn't. Not yet, but it's players true. always go through something. You know what I mean? So I think everybody's going to be so quick to be like Donovan Mitchell's not the man that we thought. Donovan Mitchell's six man, blah, 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 blah. But I think you see this with every single player. And it's not, I mean, LeBron James doesn't have the best games all the time. He's missing free throws, you know, when the game is on the line. Are you going to say LeBron James should be a six man? It's crossed my mind. <laughs> you know so i mean <laughs> i mean it's you can say that with anybody i think donovan mitchell's just going through something right now and then he'll be back it's just a fascinating tweet no I, I i understand but i think people are so fast to jump on the something's not working fire him. yeah kind of like the whittingham thing yeah like people were calling for whittingham's job a couple weeks ago and now they want statues and if he loses against washington they'll probably call for it again yeah yeah so they would have lost to BYU. They would have called for it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just chill, people. Chill. Chill, Utah. I think. Well, Whittingham. I think that's a whole nother situation. But <laughs> if he don't win this Pac-12 championship, well, nothing's gonna happen. The ship, as they call it in Utah. The ship. Well, that's from uh, Hardball. You remember Hardball? No. We go into the ship. We go into the ship. That's what they should play. That's that's what they should have played in the locker room. We'll put it at the end of the podcast. Maybe they'll pick it up. Have you? I know, right? Yeah. Have you? But you never. You've seen Hardball, right? Uh. Uh-uh. Never heard of it. My bad. No, you're I'm joking. That look. No, I don't know what it is. You're joking. No, I I've never seen a Hardball. Is it a movie? I assume. It's no, a movie. I'm serious. Are you joking right now? I'm not that funny. I know. I'm not joking. 
No, I think you're lying. I'm not lying either. I've never seen Hardball. I have no idea who's in it. Everyone has seen Hardball. Not this guy. Where have you been? Raising you probably kid. haven't seen it because Keanu Reeves is the coach. <laughs> Ew. It's so good. But it's like, the thing is, don't don't look it up because then you're going to be spoiled. Like some oh, a spoiler a alert movie. is going to come up. Don't look it up. What year did it come out? I don't know. 1990 something. It got a 39% on Rotten Tomato. Why but, would I watch it? No, but the thing is, maybe on Rotten Tomatoes it got a 39%, but everyone loves this you movie. You like it because Michael B. Jordan was in it. He was like a kid, dude. I wasn't even yeah, thinking about you that. Women. No. <laughs> no, honestly. He only 14. Everybody loves it. I was like around the same age anyway. Oh, but, you liked it for Sammy Sosa. No. <laughs> you got to it's it's just such a good movie like okay, you know it. and the the best part is like because Keanu Reeves like they're the worst team. And then it's just like you have this inner city team who they can't afford jerseys, you know, they can't afford certain things. They live in the projects, all this kind of stuff. And then in Chicago. Yeah. And then Keanu Reeves needs like this job really to kind of save his life. And he comes in and takes over the team. And he says, if you guys go to the championship, I'll buy you guys a pizza. And then like, uh, G baby, he's like the youngest one on the team. He's like, so that means I get a whole pizza all to myself, like you know all that kind of stuff. So blah blah blah, they get to the championship, and then they all they get pizza, and then they're sitting around the table. We going to the ship, we going to the ship, and it's just yeah, it's dope. You got to see it. I will watch it. <laughs> now I'm all excited. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I don't know, man. You got to see it. So, who do you think is going to win this game next weekend? Utah, Washington. <laughs> what is that? I know that's getting copy and pasted. <laughs> I don't know. All I know. <laughs> okay, Washington, when you, I don't know the answer. I don't know yet. Um, but when Washington, you don't know the answer, Sway. You ain't got all the answers. Washington. When when Washington played Utah. That's a home game. You know how often they play it in Northern I know, California? I know. But when Washington played Utah, Utah could have won. Yeah. Washington didn't do anything spectacular. Utah, that could have been Utah's game. But if Utah plays the way that they did against BYU – they can't. They ain't standing a chance. You're not going to score four touchdowns in 13 minutes in Levi Stadium against the Washington Huskies. You're just not. So I don't know. BYU sucks. <laughs> I don't know. How do you know. do that? How do you I don't do know. that? I'm just because the thing is, you never know what Utah team you're going to get. I know. It's- and, and they've been playing from behind. Like they they think it's like so great to we we come together. We come over adversity and da 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 da. Fool, you ain't got that much time to do all that if you go against like Washington, Ohio State. Like you don't have that kind of time. You can't always come back from behind and play from behind and think you're going to win on these good teams. Yeah. So I really don't know. All I know is if we get the Utah B the Utes from the Utah BYU game, Washington is gonna destroy them. Yeah. 
I don't know. I really don't. The Utah team, you never know. Week to week, they. <laughs> I don't know what team you're going to get. <laughs> so I don't have the answer to that. I ain't got all the answers. Literally three minutes before the game, I hit up my buddy. I go, what's the score? And he goes, 38-14. And I go, 45-10. And I was like, it's all going to happen by halftime. <laughs> Eight minutes later, it's 14-0. And I look over and I go, what happened? And he goes, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. And I, I don't know. Rivalry games Utah always counts off BYU, right? But you really can't because each game has been close. Yeah. And then my biggest thing, it reminded me of um, the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah, when you were up by 30 or whatever. And then the whole stadium went silent because it was like, is is BYU going to win? Like, are they going to do this? Like, they came back. Like, I just remember Utah already celebrating, like, on the sideline. The game wasn't even over. Oh, you should have seen this fanboy in his living room. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, my goodness. It was just – it was unbelievable. It was – I was at the game, and it was like I was working on the sideline, and it was just the whole stadium just, like, kind of just went silent. Well, from Utah fans, you know, like it was just, it was nuts. So what's to say about BYU? They fire their coach, they fire their athletic director. Do they get into a conference? Like they, they had a really bad season. If you look at it, yes, they beat Arizona. They beat Wisconsin. They, those were their signature wins. (laughs) I don't know, man. Like I said, are they going to pay their coaches? So they can be competitive. Are they going to lower their um, academic standards just a little bit? No, they're not. Gonna Are they going to allow junior college transfers? No, they're not. Then gonna. they should close their football program. They're not going to change any anything. Then it's nine times next year. Well, then it's going to be nine times. But BYU is not going to change when it comes to recruiting and lowering, you know, academic standards or lowering whatever you want to say about, you know, the religious standards, anything like that, that's not going to be lowered. That's not going to change. It hasn't changed in all these years. So what happens if ESPN doesn't pick them up on TV? Then they just don't get picked up. Maybe maybe that'll change something. Because they, they lost four games on ES. It's becoming a problem with ESPN where they're doing Remy shows out of, which means there's no producer, yeah. there's no people in the truck. Because they're not going to spend the money on BYU because, A, they don't play anybody, at least at home. I know they had Wisconsin last year, but it, you know, and they had Mississippi State, but they're getting their ass kicked. I think it's national TV is still living in the past. They're still living in the. Because all the directors are 60. They're still living in the. But but BYU is historic. BYU, they're the team. We got to watch them because of the history of BYU. You know, so we got to put them on ESPN. And there's a lot of high-level alumni in yeah. TV. And yeah, I mean, BYU Broadcast is one of the best broadcast schools in the world. So it's you got to keep them happy, right? But then, damn, how much do you try to keep them happy? Because I don't care what you did in the past. Right now is right now. Like, if you're not pulling your weight right now, you should not. I don't want to see you on TV. You got to start blacking out the games just like you blacked out the Charger games. Like, I don't I don't want to see that. I'm not interested. 
Safe to say that in Utah, it's Utah, Utah State, then BYU and pedigree? Yeah. Should put them after Weber State. It's not a bad point. <laughs> Jay Hill go to BYU? They probably can't afford him. Afford him? Yeah. How much? How I, much I are think, they paying? I think Kalani's making about a million, million and a half. Which is pretty, I mean, that's there's Mountain West coaches pr- yeah, making pretty more low. than him. I don't know. I don't know. But then again, do you take the pay cut because it's a great opportunity? No, they say you take the pay cut for good, you know. Yeah. Maybe you for can God, Maybe you, know. you can turn the team around like Kalani was supposed to do. There's no miracles on a football field. Miracles. Miracles. Well, you know who needs a miracle? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Turn that around. <laughs> My bad. So we're going to bleep that out, yes, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we're going to pull that one right on out. I'm going to say Dwight Howard. So you know who needs a miracle? Dwight Howard. <laughs> I try to put it like, yeah. so you didn't have to chop it. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. That's why she's going to a new podcast, folks. No, I'm not, mm. actually. So just when you thought Dwight Howard was finally Superman. laying low. Oh, he's Superman, we heard. Super duper. <laughs> flying <man>. low. <laughs> yes. I thought he was laying low in D.C. The next thing you know. You think he uses a saddle or he bareback? So next thing you know, I see him trending uh-huh. on Twitter. Yeah. So then I go and look to see why is he trending. But then I see something that's even better. I'm like, oh, this is good. Where's your Skittles? I'm like, oh, shoot, this is good. I was like, this is better than Love and Hip Hop. Way better. Do you watch Love and Hip Hop? No, I don't. I haven't watched Love and Hip Hop in... I do watch Twitter after dark, though. (laughs) I haven't watched Love and Hip Hop in years, but this is by far better than any episode of Love and Hip Hop I've ever seen in my life. So, Sasha, why don't you tell the people what what we've discovered? Okay. Give me just a second here to pull up my screen grabs. So while you're pulling up the tweets. Oh, by the way, anyone on Twitter who would like to let me know what happened to the hashtag Pac-12 cameraman and why that's deleted, I would love to know. Because that sounds like tampering to me in the world of Twitter. So I'm going to get on this. We're going to get on How Dwight How you feel about um, a football conference paying Twitter to delete a hashtag? Allegedly. Well, well, if I can't have freedom of speech, y'all can't have freedom of speech. Fair enough, said the corporation. (laughs) (laughs) So we deleting all that. So Dwight Howard has allegedly. I got this Masson. I don't know the. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Elige, E L I J E. Elige. Elige. Masson Elige. I'm just going to go with that. I can't even read this because you're here. So at this point, I am afraid for my life. I'm panicking. Wait, 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 wait. You got to back it up okay, to the very beginning. So let's set this up. Dwight I need Howard, some Marvin Gaye music. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can I do let's that? Let's get it on. Yeah. <laughs> can, is that okay? Do it. Okay. Wait, that wasn't Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. 
Ah, baby. <laughs> Let's get it off. That's my song. So to set this up, Dwight Howard has allegedly been outed by his ex-boyfriend. Yes, ex-boyfriend. And Twitter and Sasha is no. in shambles. Well, I, I, I'm concerned with your pronoun of boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend. Could be a girlfriend. She's so, transgender. Well, and then that, no, that's her, what everybody is her everybody saying that she's transgendered. But she uses she boyfriend. says she's gay. Okay. Cool. I didn't know that. So yeah, I guess maybe we don't really know. But I guess maybe he has not done everything to become transgender. He identifies as a he yeah. as a male. Yeah. Okay. He identifies. yes. Yeah. Okay. Supposedly. Allegedly. We don't really know. Theoretically. Yeah. We don't we don't really know. But to my understanding, everybody's been saying transgender, but there's something somewhere where this person considers themselves a man and has the appearance of a woman, but maybe does not has claims not had to be the, the, the ex boyfriend in the gay yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. So where Dwight Howard would be the bottom. Yeah. So he took to Twitter and accused Dwight Howard of threatening him after they engaged in intimate relations that Dwight Howard wanted to keep on the down low. So the threat is pretty incredible. And Sasha's going to fill us in on this thread. And while you do, we'll give you a preview. If you haven't read it, it features trans sex parties involving Dwight Howard, a homophobic preacher allegedly running interference a disrespectful ass pastor. Yes. <laughs> and receipts in the form. Okay. I'll audio read it right. Here's her. Uh, here's Masson. Elijah's tweet from last night. I was afraid to speak, but today my life was threatened after I was sexually harassed, threatened and manipulated by someone I respected. My ex-boyfriend, NBA player, Dwight Howard. There's still no period here. And his camp also catfished by his disrespectful ass pastor. And I want to bring up the note. These are his words where he says, my ex-boyfriend. So is she the girlfriend? That's where I get into the... But that he used the word ex-boyfriend, so we're going to refer to it as, I don't know, ex... Why is there no period? This is a very long run-on sentence. Because it's Twitter. Anyway. Okay. Here's another one. Oh, and periods take up, you know characters so. so so does the coma she had lots of comas yeah he had lots of comas <laughs> anyway go ahead <laughs> just trying to understand this so at this point in my life i'm afraid for my life i'm panicking i'm having anxiety attacks and for a whole week i was bullied by dwight's team and dwight howard stood there and allowed his team to harass me and i became a faggot in a wig in quotation marks, when Dwight is a 6'11 bottom. Wait. Yeah, and there's a lot You're of... You're not... Yeah, there's a lot of tweets in between those two. Yeah, okay, so let's go... But those I are the two... I thought you were going to read them in order. Oh, uh, you want me to start over? Now I got to go find them. Okay, here, I have the thread. All right, we'll start over. Just delete this. Okay. So you have the thread? I don't have the thread. Okay, so I have the thread up. Would you like to read the thread? Sure. 
<laughs> you're gonna make me read this whole thing, huh? Yeah. So you're gonna go and okay. it just continues. Okay. So that's the first one. Yeah. Okay. I need some good music. So for let's this. just start over. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could do voices. Like, what would be a good voice for this? This. This is how you read it. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I mean, I was afraid to speak out today, but my life was threatened after I was sexually harassed, threatened and manipulated by someone I respected. My ex-boyfriend, NBA player Dwight Howard, and his camp also, quote, catfished by his disrespectful ass pastor. That's how you read it. (laughs) Keep going, Sasha. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Why are you red? Because that was brilliant. Now we gotta change the whole intro of the podcast. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh well, yes, we do. No, we don't. So how can I make that a meme? Because <laughs> see, if I read this one before we start, I just need to say this is really about his team and his crooked pastor threatening my life over an unsigned NDNA non-disclosure agreement, and he has been trying to intimidate me into taking hush money for what they did to me. Now you read the next one. and it, it's oh, We're going to popcorn? <laughs> popcorn Britney. I'm not reading it. You have to. So he Just says, one more time. I mean, I met Dwight a while back ago at a Wild and Out to be exact. You know what Wild and Out is, right? With Nick Cannon in the show. Anyway, we made eye contact, and a week later, he was in my DMs. I'm used to dealing with celebrities, so automatically, I told him, hit me from his Finsta, fake Facebook page, or fake Instagram page, so our convo wouldn't get leaked. I mean, he is a legend. Why is she doing the leaking, then? What's the point? (laughs) (laughs) That brings me to my other point, like... Okay, we're not gonna go through and read all this stuff. Okay, you guys, uh, we'll post a link to the to the tweets. But I don't know, Brittany. I think that's a pretty, I think that's a whole new character for you. No. So basically, <laughs> this person and excuse me if I'm miscorrecting this person's name, Masson Elijay. So he is saying that basically they had a relationship. Yes. And. Now, Dwight Howard and his pastor, or a pastor, they're both upset that he did not, that Masson did not sign a non-disclosure agreement, and now the 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 troubling part is Twitter's not being very nice. Yeah, to the Dwight troubling Howard. part is that if it's true and if this is Dwight Howard, that he is threatening the life of somebody. But Twitter's not concerned about that. They're only no, concerned that, that he's gay. Yeah, and that's stupid. And it brings out the worst. Like, now you really see how people think. How homophobic like, Yeah, are. that's it's really sad. It's really disrespectful that people are coming out disrespecting the LGBTQ community. It It's not cool at all. So it's never cool when you're threatening somebody's life, right? But, I mean. You know what I was thinking at 2.30 in the morning when I was reading this? What? Are we going to wake up and Dwight Howard's dead? That he killed himself. You know how embarrassing this is to a man? Yeah. No, seriously. But. 
they're calling him a six foot eleven bottom on Twitter, and the whole world is doing nothing but memes of John Wall trying to pass to Dwight Howard, and then they're like, "No, not going to do it," or Dwight Howard defending somebody, and they're like, "No, not going to do it," and they got a gun in their their waist. Yeah, but to the point, this person has also they have a book called Industry Ho. And this woman should go to jail. And they've been caught in lies about celebrities before. She's it going to a mean, worldwide superstar and calling him a gay man. It doesn't where he hasn't come out on that that yeah. should be some type of protected law. I mean there's a huge movie on HBO right now called Love Simon that's all about this whole thing about kids being blackmailed by someone so they their sexual identity is kept secret. Yeah. You know how many kids kill themselves because they're Yeah. And it's, it's a major issue in this so country. Who knows if this is the truth or a Shame lie? Shame on you, Twitter. Who knows if this man is lying now just because he's lied in the past doesn't mean he's lying now, but it doesn't mean that he's also telling the truth. If you listen to the audio recordings, it doesn't really sound like Dwight Howard. But you've never been on the phone with Dwight Howard. No, but I've met Dwight Howard in person multiple times, and I've is actually his voice deeper? spoke with him. Yes, and it, it doesn't. He's from, where, he's from Atlanta? He's I think he is he born an in Atlanta. Yeah. No. no. Um, I feel bad for him. Let's see. Where was he born? Like they accused yeah, him. Yeah, born in Atlanta. They accused this woman or man on Twitter accused him of going to transgender parties and having unprotected sex with many, many people. Yeah. You know, and there's just a lot of stuff that you can't come back from. If the way to come and back he's got from a bunch it of is kids to expose, from a bunch of different women. Yeah, and the the way to expose it is to expose that she's lying or he is excuse me, he is lying again. Isn't he trying to play basketball? Win a championship going to the and ship with Washington. So well Wikipedia says he has one child, but I think that's I think he has two or three. I could have sworn. Yeah, I thought he was one of those with many, many kids with many, many women. Mm. Let's see. But you know, we both might be wrong. It's okay. We're wrong all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> it's showing that his we only kid is Braylon Howard. <laughs> okay. Um. Better than I thought. Sorry. Yeah. He's also known to have fathered five children. There we go. From as many mothers. Though so they're just they not are on unverified claims. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. 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 So they're he's unverified. He's on the six claims. to ten. Yeah. Well, those are unverified claims. So he's only verified to have one child. Yeah. He only so, has one birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah. So and he's paid off the others. We're not going to say that because we don't know. Allegedly. From your from your. Oh, I, I I've I've had those. Yeah, I've I've seen the world. Yeah, but I mean, we can't just automatically say for him. I feel bad for him. Um, I do feel bad for him. He's gotten. I mean, damn, he's had a tough NBA career. Like mm-hmm. he just really has on and off the court injuries, personal life, and then now this. And Being the greatest potential defender to ever live. I mean, there was a time he was phenomenal. Yeah. Twenty and twenties, rebounds and points. So, I don't know. All I know is this is a pretty crappy situation. If this person is lying. People shouldn't be allowed do to do th- that. What do you think about the people on Twitter calling them all these names? You think that Twitter should suspend those tweets? You think, I mean, you know, if someone uses a racial word on Twitter, everyone's going to tell their boss and they're going to get fired, mm-hmm. right? All these uh, Subway Susans and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? What's the difference going on Twitter and calling someone a fag 
or saying, I'm not going to play basketball with you because you're gay. What's the difference? There shouldn't be a difference. You should still be held accountable for your actions, and that should not be allowed at all. And I think whatever your thoughts are on being gay, being lesbian, or the LGBTQ community, I really don't care. I care, and I look at it as this is somebody's son, this is somebody's daughter. This is, you know, like it, it not just talking about Dwight Howard here, but you're making comments about people of the LGBTQ community and it, it's somebody's mother, somebody's father, somebody's son, somebody's daughter, somebody's brother, sister. It's a person at the end of the day, you shouldn't be making comments about people. Th- those comments, especially, hurt. especially bedroom stuff. Like yeah. that's one of the tenors in grown ass life. You don't do, you don't talk about a person's bedroom. You know, I'll talk about a person's politics. Yeah, I really I really don't care what you do in your personal life, Dwight Howard or anybody. I don't care if you're going to transgendered parties, sex parties or whatever. Do you whatever floats your boat. But at the end of the day, don't be putting somebody's business out there and don't threaten other people. If it is Dwight Howard on those recordings, shame on you for threatening somebody's life. But at the end of the day, too, on the flip side, this man who's accusing Dwight Howard, shame on you if it's if this is all a lie. Hey, it's good too. Because like you said, people are but killing themselves. But you can't say it's slander or liable. Who's to say? Like all that this person says is that's the truth. And Dwight Howard says, no, this is my truth. Who knows? And the thing is, what's interesting, we learned about this in journalism class, like when it comes to slander, libel, it's harder for a celebrity to sue someone else because you're in the public eye. We've learned you kind of, yeah, you're a public um, figure. So it's easier for me to sue someone for libel, for um, for defamation of character, for libel. It's easier for me to sue me and you to sue someone, you know, than it is for a celebrity. Yeah. Which which is which well, sucks. you're probably not included in that. You're on TV every day. No, I'm included in that because I ain't got no money and I ain't shit. So <laughs> I'm definitely included in that. No, I think I could make an argument in court. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna be like, look at my bank account. Am I on the am I on the status of Dwight Howard? No, give me my money. I'm gonna <laughs> win this case. <laughs> look at my account. So does uh, Silver step in and what would you do here if, when you're the NBA? You got to go after this person. Like, there's been people lie about things before. This isn't the first time that a celebrity has been accused or called out for their personal life, sleeping with somebody that's transgender, sleeping with somebody, um, another male, like, you know, for being gay or anything of that nature. Um, this is definitely not the first time and it won't be the last, but I think as uh, Adam silver or somebody in the league, this is one of your players. This is somebody that you're supposed to care about. I think you open up a lawsuit and get to the bottom of this. Is this person lying? Is the NBA and its fan base ready for an openly gay NBA player? The NFL tried it. Yeah. The NFL tried it. The NFL has had a lot of uh, people that are retired come out as gay. Yeah. NBA, not, so much but i think the nba i want to say the nba is more ready for it um even though we haven't seen it i don't know why because it seems like the nba is a more accepting league but then 
then again, not because, but that was a long time ago with the Magic Johnson. Nobody wanted to play with him because of he had the, AIDS. Yeah, and the stereotype, Carl the lack Malone of was knowledge. Famous for it. Yeah, the I, lack I of ain't knowledge. Playing. I I don't want to get AIDS. Yeah, the lack of knowledge. Yeah. You know, um, so if that were to happen in today's world, I think we have more education about it, and I think people wouldn't be i think there would still be some people that say oh i'm not playing with him but i'm I gonna think, kick his yeah, ass yeah but i think for the most part you have people that are more educated about it and i think you would have somebody uh, there's got to be a lot of gay you know, men in the league statistically like, like a, i think you would have somebody like a chris paul lebron james step up and be like no we're still playing with this person i mean just statistically every team's got either a bisexual or yeah, gay man yeah. on the team they're 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 there they're there it's not like they're not so i don't know it just at the like people we all laugh at it like oh my gosh you know what what's going on with dwight howard but at the end of the day you look at the situation as a whole and you said this is pretty messed up on both sides if it is dwight howard the audio then it's just like and it is funny too like there's some funny stuff on there there is if you you look at just Fun and funny, yeah. And take away all the hate yeah. and violence that are attached to the Twitter memes. Yeah. There's some funny and funny. If you take away all the violence and that, and just the reaction, like, like uh, they, I was glued like to the it last fr- night. Yeah. I spent an hour after working <laughs> in 30 degree weather, five hours, <laughs> reading it, and not because I should have. Like, I don't know. I just, it was so fascinating it, to me yeah, to watch this. Yeah, it was this. like a soap opera. <laughs> but it was so mean and it was so hurtful. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is Thanksgiving week. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> you couldn't have waited until next week. All I know is People I wonder what he's their Black going Friday to stuff say. Yet. <laughs> I wonder what he's going to say to the media. Nothing. Are he's going to be asked about it. But by the time this is podcast is he important enough to up, interview, though? Like, yeah. does he have to do interviews? Yeah. So by the time this by the time our podcast airs, Dwight Howard would have already been asked about this. That team is a mess. They're trying to trade Wall, Beal, P- Porter. What did What did John Wall say to Coach the other day? He said "F you" or "F off." Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm making forty seven million dollars next year. What are you gonna do? So bring him to the Jazz. I know. Right? Oh, that ain't gonna happen. Oh yeah, he'll be. Who was who was a jazz player for like a couple hours? Rose. Yeah, Derek Rose. He'll be like Derek Rose. <laughs> a jazz player for a couple hours never landed. Here's one more thing. We gotta wrap up here, but um since it's been Gordon Hayward Hatred Week in Utah and BYU Hatred Week in Utah, Dennis Lindsay, the GM of the Jazz, came out and said about ten days ago that he had Kyle Lowry ready to sign a contract during free agency. But they decided to wait an extra day on Hayward. I mean, you know how mad I hate Gordon Hayward even more now that we could have had Kyle Lowry. I think it's a learning experience for everyone. Mr. MVP of the 2018-2019 season, Kyle Lowry. I think it's a learning experience. Oh. Yes. On whose part? On Gordon Hayward's. Uh huh. And on Dennis Lindsay. Uh huh. Because he should have just pulled the trigger. You don't, you just pull the trigger and you, if somebody doesn't want to, if somebody wants to be here, they'll make that decision and they'll be here. If somebody doesn't want to be here, 
and you can sense like, okay, I don't know if they're going to sign. I don't know if they are. F that. If there's a better option that comes along, don't worry, Hayward. We made the decision for you. I work all the Toronto games on their visit feed. Kyle Lowry's such a nice man. So is this like a bromance? You know how great of a basketball player he is compared to what we have as a point guard in Utah? So does he notice you? No, not at all. <laughs> Jakob Pirtle used to, though. Oh, God. Me and Jakob. <laughs> so, homie. I love his name. DeLon Wright doesn't remember me anymore, but that's okay. Well, maybe he'll put us in his raps. Oh, is he a rapper? I think, yeah, he raps. Oh, that's right. He does. He's yeah. a bad rapper, too. No, he's actually really good. Really good. Uh, yeah. Way better than Lonzo Ball. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. That Kuzma song was pretty tight. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. So we're. <laughs> so you've moved uh, times on ABC. Yeah, I'm kind of flip flopping. I'm off the morning show right now. And now I'm working 9.30 to 6 p.m. How do you feel on about Bayside. this? I like it, but I don't know if I'll be staying there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is, you know, you just got to stay tuned and watch. <laughs> well, you look great on TV Thank and you, you tell great stories Thanks. on TV. My mom doesn't like it because when you're on the morning show, I post my stuff, you know, immediately. So we kind of have a routine. Like I'll post my stuff by 12. She takes a break at 1130. She gets to look. Well, it, there is no intern. Like I'll get you an intern. No, no. So by the time the morning shift, like my shift is done at 12 noon. Mm-hmm. So then my stuff would be posted by then because my shift will be over. Mm-hmm. And then my mom would watch on her breaks at 1130. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm 930 to 6 p.m., the stuff isn't posted until like 6 p.m. Because I'm not, you know, it doesn't air until 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. And so now she has to wait all day. You mean four hours? An extra four hours. Yeah, she doesn't like that's all day. Mm. She got wait all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so she she doesn't like it because she's like I have to wait all day to see something. There's a lot of content out there, Miss Johnson. Yes, and she also doesn't understand why if we work for eight hours, we only do one story. <laughs> oh, I, I got I can tell you why. Go ahead. Nope. Go <laughs> what? I'll tell her, not you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, no, but I'd I really like to do. keep my life. <laughs> I enjoy my hours. I was going to say because you guys don't work very hard, but that's a big lie. That's a huge <laughs> lie. Um, but I do enjoy sleeping in, and now it's like I have, I'm have i like regular people. Yeah. It's just when I get off now, I got to sit in traffic. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to Dropping Dimes. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at dropping dimes underscore. Follow me on Instagram, Brittany Renee TV. Follow Sasha. Bloom underscore Sasha Instagram. Twitter too. And somebody please find out why Pac-12 cameraman. Yeah, Pac-12 camera isn't on Twitter anymore. And literally there were hundreds of tweets about how bad the camera work was in Salt Lake City against Oregon. Like, as we talked about the game before, it was even worse. Well, y'all better get it together. Yeah, I think they're going to be bought. Like, it pretty much seems like there's a big article saying that either TNT or Fox is going to buy them. TNT.
But no, I, I'd be. I'd still have a job if it were Fox. I want to work for TNT. It's going to be TNT. Trash. And the next thing you know, Charles Barkley is going to be sitting here with Bill Walton. God damn it, Brittany Johnson. <laughs> it's going to be great. That would work, it's too. Gonna, <laughs> it's going to be great, y'all. See you next time. So we go to the ship, right? Yeah, we could. Man, we're going to the ship. We, we going to the ship.